Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, life coach and psychotherapist, Nikki Eisenhower. And on today's episode, I'm talking to you about facing scary things. Eleanor Roosevelt said, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. We have so many quotes and cliched sayings about fear, don't we? which is its own information about how hard it is as human beings to tackle our fears, to deal with our fears, to overcome our fears. That's why we have so many cliched sayings. Fear is something that we have been trying to figure out with our big human consciousness since we've had consciousness. This is what in large part makes us such a different kind of animal than the rest of the animals on the planet. I don't believe the other animals that are out there in the woods, out there in these rocky mountains that are around me. I don't believe they stop and think about their fear. They only have fear and they react. Our consciousness challenges us to go beyond reaction to fear. Aristotle said, an individual develops courage by doing courageous acts. Highly sensitive people fall into a trap when it comes to fear and facing fear. Anxiety gives us this dysfunctional message that we should avoid anything that creates the feeling of anxiety or fear. To face fears, I have some strategies that I use personally and that I have encouraged my clients to use all of my career. And when I say strategy, I mean strategy, but you don't have to bring a serious heaviness to that word. These are things to consider, to experiment with, to play with, to try on for size. Like you might go to try on clothing. You don't have to buy everything you try on, but we try on things to see what will fit, what feels right, what's workable. Now, because we are alive every day that we are, 
life gives us the opportunity to play with exposure therapy. When we make the choice to expose ourselves to that which frightens us, we don't just do that in a way that says, okay, this scares the hell out of me. I'm just going to sit here in full fear of this again, hoping that it changes. We make the choice to expose ourselves to that which frightens us, but with a new commitment to bring, even sometimes force the bringing of a new positive energy, an energy of possibility and curiosity. When we do this, we are engaging a process that over time, bit by bit, dials down the physiologic fear response until it's gone or much more manageable. Now, I've done this with lots of things in my life, and you probably have too, even if it's hard to recognize that in this moment. I've done this with flights. I used to have panic attacks and throw up on every single flight I got on. And it wasn't until I made myself and I was able to get on a plane about four or five times in one year that my body finally went, okay, I give up. I don't have to be scared of this anymore. Now I can get on a plane and feel just fine. No activation. I've done similar things by leaning into public speaking. I've done this with hosting events. Doesn't mean I'm going to have zero anxiety when I host an event, but it's a manageable amount. I've done this with technology that intimidates me. I've done this by online dating. If you feel woozy or faint as part of your fear response, this can be a very common thing for highly sensitive systems. So if we're feeling woozy or faint as part of this fear response, it's likely that you're experiencing what we call a vasovagal response that has to do with changes around the vagus nerve that runs through the midline of the body. Believe it or not, I was able to see a bit of the vagus nerve when I went to the cadaver lab as part of an advanced yoga teacher training. And just a little FYI, chiropractors, advanced massage therapists, and yoga teachers seem to be the professionals who work with cadavers as learning vessels. And I felt blessed to be able to see and touch those bodies. It gives us so much more information. Once I saw, wow, the vagus nerve is not small. It is not subtle. It is a big part of this body. It gave me a lot of compassion and for myself in a way that I hadn't had before and to my clients that feel that woozy type of fear response or might even pass out. Now, my Grammy donated her body to science. So being able to be with a cadaver, it was a beautiful moment for me, largely because I stubbornly decided to feel blessed about it, to not allow fear or any icked out factor to minimize my experience. I brought that new energy that exposure therapy asks us to bring. And I didn't need 100 exposures. I didn't need 50. I didn't need 20 exposures to a body. The energy that I brought served me. I decided to feel blessed about it. By leaning into the experience, I leaned away from fear, leaned away from reinforcing fear. I could have easily used my thoughts and potential gross out factor to work myself into a panic attack. And this is a potential significant point and not at all a blaming of the victim. At a point in our recovery, 
certainly not in the beginning stages, but at a point, we come to terms with just how much power we truly have in this present moment to help versus scare ourselves. And we step into our personal power and our personal responsibility when we radically own the energy that we're bringing to our experience. I have a radical deal with myself, a commitment to not scare myself. My younger self did that so often. I'm committed to helping myself feel grounded. I'm committed to helping myself feel real, truthful, eyes wide open about potential downfalls, about failures or struggles. But this is different than feeding the fear gremlins with worst case scenarios and a myriad of the darkest of possibilities. I intentionally and willfully to make damn sure I'm not going into those old dysfunctional patterns, lean into the light possibilities and the best case scenarios as a balancer, as a commitment to higher vibe processing and to making all the rest of my days as easy on myself as I possibly can. There is certainly healthy fear at times, but being in constant fear or an abundance of fear that floods us we wind up blocking our ability to know the difference between a healthy fear and a dysfunctional fear. So in recovery, we learn to put down that hypervigilant fear-based lens and to pick up a more reasonable, kinder lens. Now, I'm a Colorado gal now, right? I am an avid hiker. And I think a lot when it comes to fear about the advice given, the recommendations about what I'm supposed to do if I see a bear in the woods. Now, my instincts might say, big giant animal, run in the opposite direction. But that's not what works when it comes to bears. If I go into that impulse, that instinct to get small and to run, that invites a predator to make me pray. Instead, we're supposed to be still and make ourselves big, and if anything, move toward instead of away from a bear. And to stand my ground if that bear charges. All things that are counterintuitive to my natural fear response. As I've gained more experience through the aging process, that just allows more experience. I've realized how strange it is that our fear-based instincts, like me with a bear, can both save us or fully backfire. And how important it is to the quality of a life, especially when we run anxious, to be open to learning this difference so we know where to lean in and we know where to resist. If you'd like to turn this exercise into a journal activity and take it further, we can make lists of the scary things that we've already faced, conquered, learned from, overcome, and integrated the wisdom. My quick list, and yes, I say a quick list because not everything is meant to be a deep dive into our psyches. So many of you listening right now struggle with overthinking. So when I say something like the word quick, that's a little bit of code for don't overthink, don't wear yourself out, don't stress yourself out, don't let the perfectionist tell you there's a right way or a wrong way. Allow this to be easy and flowy and enough. 
Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. So my quick list is my number one, brave things, scary things I've already faced. I broke the secret of childhood abuse in my home. Number two, I pressed charges against my dad. Number three, I created the boundaries that I needed to take care of my body and have space away from my toxic family of origin to heal my nervous system and get a handle on intense chronic PTSD. I've gone skydiving. I've jumped out of a plane. Initiating a second divorce at age 35 when at that time I still wanted to become a mother was a very scary thing a huge unknown to step into. Allowing myself to fall in love again and be open to meeting Chris took so much courage, took so much resilience. And I was scared and I did it anyway. Creating this podcast and using my voice was going to make me choked up. This meant letting go of imposter syndrome that so many sensitive people can resonate with no matter what field you're in. Many of us will go decades into our adulthood feeling like an imposter adult. We use courage in multiple ways to lean away from imposter syndrome to step into our personal and professional expertise, experience, and power. The last scary thing that I listed is that I've embraced my sensitivity and how that makes me different, strange, even weird to the average person, to give my life what it's really needed even when that's been in conflict with what I've wanted. We can take this further by making a quick list, there's quick again, y'all, of what fears we're currently holding that might be holding us back or holding us hostage. What fears we might suspect that are asking us to face them. We can make such a list even if we don't know the first thing about how, when, where, how, or which way is up and when we're going to deal with these things. My quick list, my number one, is I want to open up more vulnerably to my sweet, sweet mother-in-law. I don't have a relationship with my mother, and I've lost two mother-in-laws that I vested a lot in. And I want to push past that fear for me and for her. Number two, I'm going to do this for me next year, in the next year, and I'm going to do this for this audience that runs lonely. Now, I found Chris on a dating app, and I do try to tell Chris every day that he is the best man on earth. I hope if you are in relationship, you are in a place where for you, that other person is the best person on earth for you. 
but I'm going to try the friendship version of online dating. I'm going to explore that process and I'm going to share that with y'all. And the third fear that I want to face is I want to make myself take more dance classes so that I can have ease instead of fear. When sweet Chris no, <laughs> he's giving me thumbs up as I say this. He didn't know I was going to say this today because he knows how to swing dance and he's a confident dancer. And he does ask me to dance in the house or if we're at a place that has music. And I've talked about it before in an earlier episode, but it's a tender and sort of twisted memory for me. It's a tender spot. My abuser was the only person in my life who took an interest in teaching me to dance as a young woman. So even today, when I dance, it means that these memories come up and it makes me feel bittersweet. Sweet for the kindness and gentle dancing lessons he gave me. And then the bitter of the bittersweet for how he used his sweet demeanor, not just for good, but also for evil. To face this fear and let this go, it's not a once and done. It's not a one shot and done. It's going to be its own kind of dance for me to dance away from this kind of dancing fear. And I deserve that, to be able to dance with full joy without dragging that history of bittersweetness along with it. I deserve freedom here and fun and ease. I want to do that for me and I want to do that for my husband. I hope there's something in this episode that helps you see yourself with more compassion more respect, and more courage. If you're interested in learning more about the boundaries that have given me the foundation to heal my life, if you are interested in learning more with me about boundaries, what they are, how to implement them, more about intuition versus anxiety, how to hold space for your inner child, how to figure out the boundaries that you need when they're in conflict with what you want, If you want to do that work with me, you can still sign up for the Boundaries course. Come find out more and sign up. We will blink and it will be here. It's emotionalbadass.com backslash boundaries. If you've been wanting to check out the Patreon for a while and you're interested in the course, that's a great way to come into the course. You'll get the biggest discount code possible and you can use it up until the day the course starts at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. If you're there and you want to join at the $10 level, our next live stream, we're accepting questions now, is on hope. And you will hear me talk about dysfunctional hope within the Boundaries course. How to keep hope healthy. I want to do a special thanks to those of you who have spent your time and your energy getting on iTunes and writing us a review. I have addressed some scary topics lately. I so appreciate those of you who have gotten on to support me, to support this team, to support the show, to support the healing and the groundedness that we put out there into the world. This show makes it to almost every country on earth, and that is because of this audience. And you were part of that. Maybe today you're just clicking and listening I cannot stress to you how much that matters in the weird algorithms that who knows how they totally work on Apple, on iTunes, and on every other app that you guys use. We are a big tribe. We have millions of downloads. We'll do some more behind-the-scenes information for our behind-the-scenes Patreon people soon. 
and show you where we are with show numbers, what countries we get the most downloads in, what spots we surprisingly get the least amount of downloads in, like my home state of Louisiana. I want to thank and honor those of you by reading some of the iTunes reviews. It really does help the show get suggested to more and more people. Every single day we get thank yous of more and more people who are figuring out that they are highly sensitive, that they can heal in ways that they didn't know were possible. They're finding hope, community, and compassion for themselves and for each other. We are not alone on this planet. We are unalone. I want to thank Dairy Farmer Aaron. She says the podcast is life-altering. I just happened to stumble upon your podcast while starting a road trip the other day, and I feel like it was just something I was meant to do. You could say I've binge listened to your seasons over the past three days and so many topics that you have spoken on have clicked with me and I've noticed things about myself I wasn't even sure what to do with before. I will continue to listen to you and hope to be a part of your upcoming boundaries course. Oh, I might get to meet you, Dairy Farmer Aaron. I can't wait. I hope you signed up. Light and love. Thank you so much for your review. I want to thank Yarn Queen. So she seems to be writing a review about a specific episode where I talked about sexual abuse. She says, I really needed to hear this episode. I have been working hard on recovering from being raped and always rejecting sexual things because I refuse to be like everyone else. Thank you for making this episode. It really helped me to begin new steps in my healing process. You are so very welcome. I'm so glad that episode found you. I want to thank pan con leche. I think that means bread with milk. <laughs> they say best podcast. This was the first podcast that I ever listened to. And let me tell you, it set the standard very high. Nikki has helped me understand my emotions and those of others. Her gentle voice and messages never fail to not inspire me. Thank you, Nikki, for all that you do. I hope to be as inspiring as you one day. Well, you're inspiring me right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being out there, being the change in the world. I am so honored to have been your very first podcast. I hope that opens up an entire world of history, of comedy, of self-development, of all kinds of learning and growth and entertainment. I want to thank Chicka Sexy 8 I say no words to explain how awesome this podcast is. Every time I listen to an episode, I feel completely understood to the point I want to cry. I feel myself healing from my trauma and little by little, I'm learning to accept myself being an HSP. Nikki is so passionate and great at what she does. This podcast has changed my life in ways I can't even explain. Thank you, Nikki, for being so awesome. You guys, thank you so much. I really have done this podcast to give to you and to spread what I do one-on-one -on -one with people throughout the world. Thank you for helping me live my calling. Light and love, and I am so honored to support you as you grow, as you shed what no longer serves you, and as you lean into your callings. I truly believe, I know it sounds corny, but I truly, truly believe that it is highly sensitive people finding their voice, living their passions that change the world we do that by healing ourselves from the inside out. And then there is a butterfly effect that we cannot even imagine. 
light, and love, and I will see you right here next time. I'm an emotional badass, you're an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Light and love. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.